Good afternoon and welcome. There we are. I wasn't sure that we were together, but it looks like we are. Thanks to Facebook Live. Wonderful for you to join me again for another one of Bill's lessons in on Facebook. We're looking through a book uh, concerning uh, the uh, wonderful devotional, daily devotional book by Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest. And today we have a uh, wonderful lesson uh, that is very challenging, I think, to some. And I'm glad to know that uh, you are interested enough to consider uh, this question of uh, faith or experience. Experience or faith? Uh, that, is, uh, that is the question. And we think of those things and we look at our experiences. And I think sometimes they... Um, they they give us pause. They cause us to question and to wonder, well, is this is this really for real? What I'm believing? Is the Bible really for real? Because I have some questions because of my own personal experience. I think those can come in, in really two specific areas. One is just general disappointments. There are things that I believe should happen in my life that God should act a certain way. And then those disappointments come along. And because of my own experiences, it causes me to question whether that faith is really for real, whether God's promises uh, really can be trusted. And I think that's a that's a very real thing. I think that's what Job went through. Um, and I believe that that story of Job gives us uh, some answers there, not as to why things are the way they are, but to a reminder that the two things that I have come to believe about God is that, number one, God exists. I believe very strongly that God exists. And number two, that I'm not him. And that means sometimes I'm not going to understand quite the way he's working. We're looking this month as I lead our staff devotionals on the scripture in Romans 8, 28 that says God works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are the called according to his purpose. Doesn't say that all things that happen to us are good, but it also affirms that the things that happen to us are not the things that are in charge and control, but rather it is God who is the subject of that great verse. God works in all things uh, for our good. And we may not be able to quite understand that. We may not see it. Uh, we think of the examples of Job as he went through everything he went through. And he came through learning to trust God even when he couldn't understand him. And we consider Joseph, who was uh, away from his family after being betrayed by his brothers for 13 years from the time he was 17, actually, and even longer until uh, he was 30. He was either a slave in, e in uh, Egypt or uh, he was in prison, falsely accused of sexual assault by his boss's wife. And, uh, and, and that was 13 years of his life from age 17 to age 30. But then he didn't come into uh, be able to be around his family for another nine years after that. And so that was a long time for Joseph, I'm sure, to wonder what was going on and where was God and how was his family and all of those things. But at the end, he realized that, yes, God was actually working in all of these things. And so we don't always see that. Uh, Joseph didn't for a long time, but he ultimately did. Sometimes we don't ever see it. Uh, Job came to realize that the 
things that happened to him, we're able to give him an even deeper faith than he already had, which was a faith that uh, trusted God, even though he may not understand how God was acting at the time. So I think our our experiences can challenge our faith because of the disappointments that we experience in our lives, but also from a, a doctrinal perspective. Sometimes the experiences we have cause us to to question uh, actually the veracity or the truth of Scripture itself. And that's when we begin to value our experiences over uh, what the Bible says. And that's a, that's a very big, big deal in our culture today. In our culture today, there's a, a, a bit of disregard for what Scripture says, I believe, and, and and especially when you compare it to to my own personal experience and my own personal desires and that's uh that that's not a that's not a good thing in fact scripture speaks to those things uh just as job speaks to how we respond when we don't quite understand god from our experiences scripture also speaks to the question of well when my own experiences or desires uh, challenge my faith, uh, who wins out? And I think that's a, that's a very big uh, question. Um, Oswald Chambers talks about Galatians 2 verse 20, where he talks about how the center part is Christ. Uh, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, but it's not I that live, it's Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And in his chapter, Chambers says that's the central truth, that it was Jesus Christ who loved me and gave himself for me. And so it's Christ and his word that should hold sway over all matters. He writes, we should battle through our moods, our feelings, and our emotions into absolute devotion to the Lord Jesus. We must break out of our own little world of experiences into abandoned devotion to him. And I think that's ultimately what it comes down to, isn't it? If we're going to follow ourselves and our experiences and our desires, or if we're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes those are uh, right along together and, and there's no contradiction, but many times that's not the case. And so we talk about um, the experience we've had and then we measure it up against what Scripture says. And you say, well, Bill, I don't, I don't know that that's right. I, I think that our experience it becomes something that is even uh, more important than Scripture because it's more real to me. After all, isn't that what Scripture wants, is for us to be real and authentic? Well, again, the Bible speaks about that. What happens when our experience challenges our faith or or our desires or even our beliefs what happens when that goes up against scripture which one are we to accept well let's go to the old testament first of all and in deuteronomy chapter 13 this is what moses wrote way back when you know 4000 year well maybe not yeah about 4000 years ago maybe not quite uh, that long when moses wrote it uh, but uh, 3,500 or so years ago in Deuteronomy 13, as Moses was receiving the law, it says this, If a prophet or one who foretells by dreams 
appears among you and announces to you a sign or wonder, and, and if the sign or wonder spoken of takes place. So you have somebody who has predicted the future, and unlike a lot of folks today, it actually happens. Actually happens. But he goes on to say, And if that prophet says, Let us follow other gods, gods you have not known, and let us worship them, you must not listen to the words of that prophet or dreamer. The Lord your God is testing you to find out whether you love him with all your heart and with all your soul. It is the Lord your God you must follow, and him you must revere. Keep his commandments and obey him. Serve him and hold fast to him. So you have a prophet who says, uh, you know, this, this or that's going to take place, and, uh, and it happens. And, and you're thinking, wow, this guy must be for real. But then what he says to do contradicts the word of God. For example, in this case, worship and serve other gods that aren't the Lord. What are, what are we to do then? Uh, well, Scripture is pretty clear, even in the Old Testament, and it says you must not follow him. You must not listen to him. You must not uh, abide by his words. And so you say, well, well, that's fine, Bill, but that's, you know, that's Old Testament. We don't, we don't go by that anymore, right? Isn't that what you say? Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Let's go to the New Testament. In Colossians chapter 2, starting at verse 6, Scripture says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Colossians 2 verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Good thing we don't have any of that around in our culture today, right? Hollow and deceptive philosophy, trying to hook us in, trying to take us captive. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. It's trusting in the experiences of of this world rather than on faith in Christ and the Word of God. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and only in Christ, we will say. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. And so we, we get that. And then we skip down to verses 18 and 19, and Paul the Apostle writes, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and says this in Colossians 2, uh, verse 18, Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from the whole body, which the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. I think that's a very significant statement. Such a person goes into great detail about what they have seen. They're talking about their visions, their dreams, their experiences. And that's all well and good. That's fine. I can't prove or disprove those things. If they say they've had a vision, if they say they've seen an angel, if they say they've experienced some certain thing, I can't prove or disprove that. And if it helps them in their faith, then that's great for them. But here is the question that I will ask. Is it consistent with what this says? Is it consistent with the word of God? 
does it verify and and complement what the whole the Bible says, what the Word of God says? Because if it contradicts it, then it's to be uh, rejected. Those experiences that don't lead us to faith in Christ through the Word of God, they are to be rejected, no matter how great they are, no matter how real they seem, no matter how they make us feel. And that's what's important in our culture today, isn't it? How it makes me feel, my emotions, my feelings. And again, we go back to those words that Oswald Chambers says, we should battle through our moods, feelings, and emotions into absolute devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because our feelings and our moods and our emotions cannot be trusted. They're not like the inspired and authoritative Word of God. They come and go. Sometimes they're right on target, sometimes not so much. And so we have to ask ourselves, okay, am I following my experiences, my desires, my dreams, my my wants, what somebody else says, what makes me feel a certain way, or am I following the Word of God? I believe that we will feel a great sense of fulfillment when we uphold and hold to the Word of God, but it may not be quite the same as if we stroke those carnal feelings that make us feel better. Um, Scripture says that there are people who will turn us away from the Word of God and they go into great detail about what they've seen. And those things, if they contradict the Word of God, they are to be rejected. Paul says in Colossians 2, they have lost connection with Christ. And that's a big, big deal. And you say, well, Bill, I tell you, if I, if I ever saw an angel, man, I would be hard-pressed to not listen because it's an angel. I mean, come, come on. How can, how can what's here in this Bible that you just held up, how can that be more important? How can that be more true than an actual angel? Well, the Bible speaks to that very thing. In Galatians chapter 1, beginning at verse 6, Galatians 1 verse 6, the Apostle Paul writes to this church, these Christians who are li- very likely in the Um, upper central part of modern-day Turkey. And he tells them, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. And then note what he says in verse 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. We see a very consistent message throughout Scripture. Jesus himself said in John 14, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Whatever the dreamer might say, whatever vision they might claim to have had, if it contradicts the word of God, if it goes against the way, the truth, and the life, which is Jesus Christ, then it is to be rejected. Moses says, even if the prophet makes this bold claim and it actually happens, if they are not consistent with the word of God, if they tell us to go follow off after other gods, they're to be rejected. Whatever kind of dream they might say they had or vision that they might say they had, 
If it's not consistent with the Word of God, it is to be rejected. And we might say, well, Bill, that's not very exciting. Yeah, I know. It's not. It's not going to get headlines. It's not going to get clicks. It's not going to sell books. Because it's, it, it's not that way. Jesus wasn't that way. Remember how he came? He came as a simple carpenter. He came as a human being born in poverty, really. And, and fulfilling the prophecies of Isaiah 53 that said, you know, the Messiah, when he comes, he's not going to be anything special to look at. You're not going to point him out in a crowd and say, oh, yeah, that must be him. But he came as a, as a simple man, as... Um, as a man who had a simple message, and that was obedience, repentance, turning away, changing our lives of, of sinfulness and selfishness to a life of, of simple obedience to the Word of God. That's, that, doesn't, that doesn't carry a lot of fluff, does it? It really doesn't. There's no visions there. There's no extraordinary, miraculous things there. It's just a simple call to get back to the truth of God's Word. And really, it's consistent with the story that Jesus himself tells in Luke 16. And, and we'll end after this story. It's one of his parables. It's a parable of the rich man and a poor man by the name of Lazarus. And the rich man has all kinds of wonderful blessings in this life. And and Lazarus is poor, and he, he's fighting off the dogs under the rich man's table for the scraps. Well, as Jesus continues the story, they both die, and the rich man in, goes into torment. And he looks up, and he sees Abraham and uh, Lazarus in Abraham's bosom, and he says, uh, Please send Lazarus to give me a, 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 just a drop of water, because I am, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in torment here. I'm suffering terribly. And and Abraham, again, this is a story, it's a parable. Abraham says, hey, look, you know, in, in, in life on the earth, you had, it, you, you had a great man, and Lazarus was suffering, and now the tables have turned. And besides all that, there's, there, there's no way that I can send Lazarus over to you because we're, we're separated here. And so the rich man then says, well, look, send him to, send him to my house. I have brothers there. Uh, I, this is what he says, starting in verse 27 of Luke 16. The rich man answered, Then I beg you, Father Abraham, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. They have the Bible. <laughs> in the story, Jesus is saying through the voice of Father Abraham, Hey, they have Moses and the prophets. They don't need Lazarus to come back from the dead. Let them listen to them. And then the man replies the way we reply. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Oh, if some extraordinary thing, if I can experience some extraordinary thing and, and have wonderful feelings about it, and, and, and then I'll believe. Then I'll believe. And then listen to... Abraham's response as Jesus tells this story. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. When we talk about experience or faith, when we talk about experience or the word of God, which will you choose? Which one will win out? Will it be the thing that gives you all the feelings and, 
and emotions and whether or not it's consistent with the Word of God? Or will it be that simple scripture, that simple Word of God that Jesus comes across and says, look, even, even if an angel from heaven comes and gives something other than what you have received, the Apostle Paul said, let them be rejected. Even if someone comes and says, yes, but I had this great experience. I had this great vision. I've had this great dream. Let me tell you about it. And they can, and that's fine. And then you ask them, well, let's see how that compares with the word of God. And if it's consistent, then praise the Lord. But if it's not, then it's from some other source than the will of God. And that's not something that we want to hear. We want to say, well, look, I know this isn't consistent with the Bible, but you know, it makes me feel really, really good. Well, then we're trusting in experience rather than faith. We're trusting in how I feel and my emotions rather than the word of God. And there's only one thing that is inspired of God and authoritative and objective enough to put our faith and trust in, and that is the Bible. Faith comes by hearing the message of Christ. Romans 10, 17 says in the old King James translation, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Um, Oswald Chambers says it is because of our trusting and experience that we see the steadfast impatience of the Holy Spirit against unbelief. He has an uncanny way of saying things in an almost humorous fashion. But when we trust in our experience, then it makes the Holy Spirit impatient because that, that's not consistent with the word of God. That experience can't be trusted. Maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong. But the only way we can know for sure is by trusting in the scripture. Moses said, reject the prophet, even if his prophecy comes to pass, if he points a different direction than the Bible. Paul said, even if an angel comes and points us a different direction than the Bible, let them be rejected and cursed. He said in Colossians, don't, don't listen to that person who wants to tell you about the visions and the dreams and the experiences that they've had. Put your faith in Jesus Christ and trust in his word. And we hear those words of Abraham and Jesus telling this story. If they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, if they, if they won't listen to the Bible, to my word, then nothing else is going to sway them. And so today I ask you, my friend, are you trusting in your faith? Or are you trusting in your experience? Are you looking to the word of God, to the scripture, to the Bible, to be your guide? Or are you simply going along with how you feel, what you experience, what someone else experiences? Scripture is certain. It tells us that the Bible is the inspired and authoritative word of God in 2 Timothy 3 and in other places, that it's something that we have that gives us the will and word of God like nothing else can. And so I beg you today, I beg you today, take time to read and study God's word and feel, go work through those experiences, compare them with the word of God, continue to trust in that God who is far above you or I, and that means we may not always understand him. But again, I believe that God exists, and I believe that I'm not him, and so I must look to his word to be my guide 
and to be my salvation and to be my hope. And I truly believe and hope that you will as well. God bless you and I'll see you on Thursday.